And another reminder that Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It gives you everything you need in one place, and it's free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. They have creation tools, so you can record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. And they'll distribute your podcast for free. So you can hear it on Spotify, Apple, Google, and many more. Just like us here at BraveMaker. Make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app today and go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks to our sponsors. Now back to the show. Stories, scripts, and conversations with creators. This is the Brave Maker Podcast. Get in this car. Get in this car, filmmaker. Hey, you going? <laughs> We're doing it. doing it. Yeah, you just got to untangle <laughs> this uh, horrible <laughs> Chevy Chase uh, light bulb Christmas vacation tangle of cords. <laughs> this looks safe. What do you think? All right, we're in San Francisco right now. Oh, I can hear you. Brave maker. I can hear you, but what do you now think? I can hear you. Pretty it's cool, awesome, right? It's great. Okay, so I'm going to make you carry this because I'm going to be a little bit more safe. Then, um, <laughs> So you put that in your oh lap. All right. Is you it gotta... like, I feel like I'm going to ruin something. No, you're good. Right. It's recording right now. So, hey. Hey. Brave maker podcast, episode 12. I'm going to post this today on May 30th, which is crazy because we start our film fest tomorrow. And right now I have the big ginormous headphones on with the mic, you know, the, the um, drive-through mic happening. And Kevin wants to take a picture. Yeah. So let's do that. I'll make sure you can see the mics. <laughs> it looks like we're in a, we're in a uh, helicopter. Yeah, the uh, Matrix, the Matrix helicopter. This is the Matrix. Do you know that's the name of my car? I, yeah, I used, oh, to, okay, I used to have one. Oh, yeah. you did? Oh, I oh, love yeah, this man. car. Okay, so I'm going to take the headphones off, but have the microphone be sort of near me. So stand by. Let's make sure this is good. How's the sound? Yeah, great. Can you hear me okay? I can. All right, okay. Whoa, so, whoa, 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 is that whoa. too much? Holy, too much. Too holy much. Moses. Too much. <laughs> okay, so. I don't, know if you've, I don't know if you've heard yourself. <laughs> But you have a strong voice. You guys, I hear myself every day, and it's really <laughs> annoying. All right. So to check this out. This is the first time. This is um, We should just rename this podcast Filmmakers in Cars Going to Film Festivals, like Jerry Seinfeld's Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, because we are driving. But you need, a, you need a name for a car that starts oh, with an F. Oh, is that how it works? You need a Fiat. A Fiat? Why? For Filmmakers you? in Fiat. Filmmakers in Fiat. Oh, on the way it. to film festivals. I get it, I get it, I get it. Keep the alliteration going. We just were parked in front of the Golden Gate Bridge. So Kevin O'Brien, our guest today, hey, hey. is sitting passenger. He's sitting shotgun, as they say. And we're heading up to Novato on Thursday, May 30th, because Kevin is going to be screening his film at the end of the day. That's what the name of the film is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, so, man, okay, Podcast listeners, this is just so fun. It has felt very surreal. I'm I'm running on lots of coffee and the power of the divine right now because we have been going strong for the past 24 hours. He literally literally flew in on a plane from Florida yesterday. Touchdown when, Kevin? Let's get let's uh, get nine nine forty five nine forty five a.m. Ubered yeah. over to my house 
And then we got in a car, and I forget what we did then. We ran some errands, went down and showed them Redwood City, yeah. where all of the films are going to be screening, downtown met, Redwood City. We met 50 people that know you. <laughs> Couldn't go 10 feet down the road without oh, gosh. having a conversation. That's the bane of my kids' existence. They're always like, Dad, can we just go? Can you not talk to people? It's sort of like how I get energy. I feed off of people. Like So if I see you in public, I'm like... You're a psychic like, vampire. Yeah, like let's just talk. Uh, so then we went to, last night, we went to a really cool little church building in Vacaville called Living on Purpose Community, and we screened Kevin's film. And then we're doing it again tonight with another church uh, community, a community of faith in Novato, which is across the Golden Gate Bridge. So why would we be doing this? Why are we taking this film into these spaces, these faith spaces? It's because, well, I'll have Kevin... Why don't you share a little bit about your film? Like how, who sure. you are, share anything you want. It's your turn to talk. <laughs> All right. I'll be quiet, uh, I promise. Yeah, so I mean, in the movie, at the end of the day, it's a dramatic comedy that uh, is my uh, way of exploring the tension between the evangelical church uh, and the LGBTQ community. Uh, and it's, it's come out of a, uh, my, my own reflections and trying to figure this thing out. I grew up in a conservative Christian home. Um, and as I uh, experienced more of the world and met some fantastic people, realized how uh, wrong I was about a lot of things and how narrow that, uh, that way of seeing the world was. So uh, I felt there were probably a lot of people like me <laughs> that grew up like me and uh, wanted to make something that we could all kind of experience uh, this together, ask some of the tough questions about faith. And uh, I mean, it you know, deals specifically with LGBTQ community, but... Um, but some of the themes are even just bigger about the way that we use um, scripture and the way mm-hmm. that we uh, listen to other people or don't listen to other people in their lives and experiences. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's been uh, really well received in a lot of churches that are wanting to have those conversations, wanting to be uh, at least explore and listen to stories of how they can be, uh, you know, in- fully inclusive and affirming and welcoming of the LGBTQ community. Um, yeah, and hope thrilled about the uh, some of the conversations that started. So last night we were in this, we were all kind of crammed in this, I think it was like a, a Sunday school room or something. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I don't know if it was, yeah, it was not intended for. <laughs> for a film screening? It was screening. not built for a film screening. But they did a they good did it. job. They, did they, it, yeah. they blacked out the wind. We arrived, and uh, there was like 20, 30 people waiting outside this room and we go inside and they're like taping, blacking out the windows. They hung little string lights up. They had a little concession booth with popcorn and yeah. that kind of thing. And they set up chairs and I was, I mean, I think, I don't know, 30-ish, 40-ish people there. It was a really little intimate setting. It was full. It was full. The room it was, was hot. certainly full. It was hot. <laughs> yeah. But I, I've seen the movie and uh, I was outside, you know, working on some Brave Maker stuff and I would peep my head in there and people were laughing, people crying, people were nodding their heads or kind of going, huh, hmm, you know, mm. like just agreeing with things. And the very end of the film, which if you're listening to this on May 31st or June 1st, you can come see it June 2nd at 10 a.m. Century 20 Theater. There are still tickets available. Go to bravemaker.com. End of commercial. Uh, but people sat through the credits, which is really something I always encourage people to do, and listen to a song by Trey Pearson. And it was still. People were just super still, like absorbing the whole story. 
And then we went and talked. Uh, Kevin fielded a bunch of questions, shared some of the background. Uh, because it was a faith community, we got to talk about some theological understandings of how we experience scripture. And I don't know, what was your thoughts about that? Is that kind of a typical Q&A that you've had in the past? Maybe share some some highlights. Yeah, um, I I thought there were some fantastic questions. I mean, the, the thing that uh, I loved the conversation, that's really why... You know, I, I made the movie, um, and the way I did, that's what I was, wanted it to be. Yeah. Um, and when you're, uh, we've had a few conversations, like, you know, when it's at a, at a film festival and there's a Q&A afterwards, that seems to be more, um, I don't know, technical or, like, uh, you know, some, like, some well, questions what about budget? inspiration, what budget, camera, camera yeah, all yeah, that, yeah. Uh, all that stuff, but... Yeah, what I love about um, these screenings at churches, or we've had some at some universities, um, they they ask questions about how this story is, is affected their life, or how they saw parts of this story uh, mirroring their life, uh, and so so it can it can go from very like heartwarming and feeling encouraged by it, um, but also then the next question can be so heartbreaking mm. and so. Um, just devastating about how what what people have experienced um and a lot of the the um, just the pain they've experienced at the hand of someone claiming they represent god right yeah there was a Um, woman who shared last night who got pretty emotional about leaving a faith community because of hurt and that was her second time back in one for quite some time It it was cool to see that and see how the community rallied around her yeah that was fantastic so somebody asked you last night, have you experienced any pushback or rejection because of making this story? Yeah. Um, so I don't feel like it's been uh, not pushback. Uh, I, I feel like it's almost silly to even talk. You know, we, we kind of had this conversation mm-hmm. last night, too, yeah. about that. It's almost kind of um, I feel like in order to claim that for myself is almost minimalizing it for people of the LGBTQ community. Um, so yeah, I mean, there've been some relationships that have changed and some relationships that we've, that I've lost or my family has lost. Um, they're, they're, you know, making the film in a conservative County in a conservative part of Florida, um, had, uh, some challenges, but very, very little, actually. There was an incredible amount of support. There was really, I mean, during the actual making of it, there was only one time where I was, you know, trying to either get a location or actually it was a a specific, uh, person. There's a, there's a 5k that happens in the, in the movie. And so we were trying to connect with some running groups, uh, local running groups in the area. And, that was the only time that the guy, the guy was like all on board. Yeah, we can, we got all the stuff. We can set it up. We can make it look like a 5k. And then I told him what the movie is and he's switched into this. That is not what the Bible says. And I will never, mm. we will never be a part of that. And that will never change and all this. So, but that was the only, the only time. And that was thankfully, sure. you know, it was like over the phone and, and as, as those things can go, it was not a terrible situation. Yeah. So, um, yeah, much more support, I feel like, cool. than, than the pushback, yep. um, especially in making of it. Yeah. I think one thing I've learned, too, in doing the Brave Maker Film Fest, and then uh, and obviously I'm a person of faith, and I used to have a formal role as a pastor within a church, and Brave Maker isn't necessarily, that's not my main focus, um, but I am a person of faith. 
God and interfacing with scripture is an important part of my life. And I believe it infiltrates all of the work that I do. Um, But in Brave Maker, we were just really trying to focus on brave stories, whatever those brave stories were, and elevate people of color, elevate the LGBTQ community, give a voice for women and people who are marginalized. And so I felt like your story did that in an interesting way, but also spoke to people like me, uh, people who maybe were a little bit closed off to embracing or looking at scripture in a different way, uh, people who are cisgendered or, or straight. And so I thought it'd be interesting for you to talk about that a little bit with uh, putting a straight white guy at the center of the story. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned that a little bit yesterday. That's been also something you've talked about or has been interesting to reflect on. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think from the beginning wanting to make, you know, I started, I had this idea, kind of figured out the story about five years ago, uh, 2014, during that summer. And uh, I wanted it to be, I my initial, you know, specific audience was people like me who are starting to question the thing. And I am also a straight cisgender or white guy. So I, while I, I am fully aware and I fully support the idea of centering the voices of whose story we're talking about. So centering, you know, specific stories of, of the LGBTQ community, of trans people, of gay people, uh, bisexual people. And, um, but I feel like what I was trying to do in this was specifically talk to people like me who are, um, not able to get, I feel like that's, I feel like some, sometimes those voices are like step two. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, step one is seeing someone that's just like you change their mind. And even though, uh, and, and what experiences it takes for that to happen, what that could look like for someone, and even though, um, you know, I tried to, as much in the story, center those, those stories within the film as much as possible. But the lead character is a straight white guy, a cisgender guy. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was intentional. Um, and I realized early on and at, throughout the development, you know, throughout people seeing it, that that, that doesn't, it's not for everybody. Some yeah. people, this, you know, this is not the story to, this is not the only way that this, communi- this conversation is going to happen, but it is one way, one, sure. one part of the conversation. Something I've learned too, even on this podcast or working with our different artists and filmmakers is that part of my job is to have these conversations with people who are like me, right? I always have been guilty of trying to get the people in the marginalized community to be the ones who are changing the people in the places of power. And that's just so backward and so wrong. So I think in some way, I thank you for doing that in this film because it gives people an invitation who could, who could change and who are straight and who could become allies to see someone else doing it. And one thing I get excited about is trying to help us as human beings leverage film media as a conversation. And last night's, you know, 40 people crammed in this room the cool thing was to be able to say, oh, you know what? You can actually get a DVD uh, or purchase it you know, on, on iTunes and have a film screening in your own living room or send it to your grandma and grandpa who maybe uh, are open to having this conversation or maybe they're not and see what they say. Yep. Uh, I got a text from an old friend today who we reconnected and I was telling him about Brave Maker and I've got a film that I'm working on, a feature film 
that includes a LGBT character and his reconciliation with his family. And he was just basically drawing a line like, oh, I can't support that. I can't, I don't, I don't have those same values. And, uh, going back to what you said earlier, like it, it hurt for a second, but then I thought, oh, this is just a small piece of what exponentially the gay community feels on a daily basis when it comes to being rejected for their full on identity for who they are, who they, who they were created to be. So, it's a small price to pay to be a storyteller, uh, a brave maker that stands in, in that space that tries to elevate these conversations. What's something that you've learned making the film, either just about yourself, about the filmmaking process, or anything in general? Um, I mean, a, a quick and easy one is that these things are always take longer and cost <laughs> more and are harder than yeah, you expect sure. going on in. And uh, that is... A good thing, I think, that um, that you don't know that going into it sometimes because, you know, I don't know if when I started this if I knew how long and how hard and how much of my life it would have yeah. taken uh, if I would have been so, like, gung-ho about it, you know? Yeah. So I think that that's definitely one. Um, I've, I've learned... Uh, the screening, the, you know, we, this is our eighth, I think, film festival we've been to, so I think the... Um, I've learned that you can't please everybody, <laughs> mm. you know, and all you can do, uh, the only thing you can do is make the thing that is like what, you know, get as close to making the thing that you yeah, want, that totally. you that you set out to do. You got to um, make it. And yeah. And whether, whether people, uh, however people accept that or don't accept that or Are misplace you your that? motives. Oh, are you saying that because you feel like you've been your motives have been questioned, or you've gotten oh, yeah, some yeah. critical I mean, from the, feedback? Negative? From the begin, I mean, from the beginning, um, yeah. Even even when we were doing, you know, because we did a couple of crowdfunding campaigns to try and raise some of the money for it. So even back then, even before we made the thing, I remember there there were several uh, tweets, people that tweeted at us, uh. Uh, you know, claiming that we were. Um, we taking advantage of people's stories to make a profit and all of that. And so, you know, I, when I started, I was like wanting to like explain myself so much and be like, no, 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 let's have this conversation. But they were, there was no interest in having a conversation about that, um, about mm. what, what we're actually doing. And, you know, never mind. there's no money being made, yeah. <laughs> made on this. Yeah. It's costing a lot to do this. Um, and then, yeah. So once it, once it's out and you're at, um, you know, anyone can watch it or at these at different festivals you know it's funny cuz some people uh we were talking about this earlier some people watch it and say that that's that stuff those characters i see myself in it or it's so real or it's authentic or that's what i've experienced um some people say that all these cl- characters are cliche and not written well and mm. you know two dimensional character all mm. all all of the stuff that uh uh, I don't know. It, it seems like um, you could take the same same story. Yep. Some people are going to say, oh, my gosh, that's such a fully fleshed out <laughs> yeah, idea. Yeah. Some people are going to say it was so hollow and meaningless. Hey, so, we're on the heels of the Game of Thrones <laughs> right, season exactly, finale. Yeah, exactly. And people yeah. either hated it or loved it or in between. So you can't please everybody. Yep. And I think that's the part about being a brave maker. Like when you are a creator, you can't. If you're out there to please people, you're going to fail 100% of the time. But you are putting out there, like being true to your, yourself and true to your story. And I'm kind of glad in a way that 
it wasn't as easy as you thought it would be because if you knew how hard it would be, like you said, you probably wouldn't have done it. Yeah. And you wouldn't have this. You wouldn't be sitting in my car here. And it's true. In in retrospect, it's kind of full circle, funny enough. We're, I mean, I did this whole thing so I could sit in traffic <laughs> with you. <laughs> we had two days it's in a row so sitting meaningful. in Bay Area traffic. Well, we'll look at the Bay. Five Where years ago, <laughs> I was like, you know what? I was missing from my life. I want to drive over the Golden Gate Bridge for like an hour and a half yeah. going for like two miles an hour. <laughs> so we are looking at the beautiful Bay right now. We're actually driving through Marin County, and it's awesome. The sun is out. It's like 60-some degrees. is perfect. It is fantastic. A year ago-ish, uh, I was listening. Shout out to the Just Shoot It podcast, Matt uh, and Oren, who Matt Enlow and Oren Kaplan, who do a, a podcast that they're way beyond the Braidmaker podcast. But I listened to the podcast, and I heard a person write in named Kevin O'Brien about his film screening at the Chinese, uh, Man's Chinese Theater in Hollywood, yeah. I believe, right? At yeah, a film festival. At the Dance with Films. Dances festival. with Films. And I heard that. I heard the context of the film. This is the power of social media, y'all. This is how it can happen, all right? So I, a year ago, I'm curating and starting Brave Maker, and I heard about the film. I thought, this sounds like something that'd be great for Brave Maker. So it's been a, like about a year, maybe not less, because it was July you, you premiered or something. I forget. It was June. Was it, it was, June? Yeah. I mean, okay, cool. So it was a year. Yep. And so I reached out to him through social media, and here we are connected. And I just think it's a beautiful thing, uh, the creative community. We're all, we all want audiences. We all want to have conversation. We all want to show our work and find fellow collaborators. And this is, like, truly what it is. We've only actually been hanging out, you know, for a little over the 24 hours, but I feel like we've been connected for a lot longer. Yeah, it's been great. <laughs> we had Del Taco together. Your first Del Taco. It was my first Del Taco, and uh, yeah, I was, I was a little skeptical, but because <laughs> it looked um, like a Taco Bell, but it's right. I mean, it's yeah. And that was my only, my only. It's fo- not. It's not. Yeah. It's not just like, I mean, I have no problem with Taco Bell. I love Taco Bell, but your you you the way you talked about Del Taco I did have a I mean, pretty big you, response yeah, reaction. Right, yeah. I saw it I on mean, the side was, of the road. It was. <laughs> Yeah. We don't have one where I live, and that was actually only my fourth time eating there, but my wife and I and family ate there. Hold on, what? Yeah. Only your fourth time? Yeah, we ate there three days in a row when we went on our Southern California trip, because it's not in the peninsula, Redwood City area. That's why we... The way you talked about it was like it was a childhood (laughs) tradition. That's how good. Del Taco, can you sponsor the Brave Maker (laughs) podcast? I'm straight up serious. It was so... You're so good. I had the the chicken street taco, and I had the jumbo (laughs) shrimp taco. I got two of those jumbo shrimp tacos. So good. But I digress. Let's go back to filmmaking. So I was just thinking about how filmmakers long for connection and engagement. Uh, this film fest that we're doing, we've got about 30-ish films, seven features, and then a bunch of blocks of short films. Uh, almost 80% of the filmmakers are in attendance. We have 27 filmmakers who are coming for the film festival, and we have a little over 30 films programmed. That says something, right? That's awesome, Filmmakers man. want this. We're, we're scratching this itch that people have. And so if you're listening to this, the 30th, the 31st, June 1st, come out to the Brave Maker Film Fest. You can meet... Kevin O'Brien, and a whole slew of, of filmmakers. Anything else you want to say about making your movie, what's next, your life in Florida? Oh, what else? Man. How do people find you? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, you can find the movie at uh, endofthedayfilm.com, and that's our uh, social media. Everything is at endofthedayfilm. Um, 
No, man, I'm I'm just so grateful to be here. I mean, yes, I am from Florida, so this weather is <laughs> amazing. He's not sweating. Uh, I'm not pour. sweating. I'm yeah. wearing a jacket. It's <laughs> I sat outside all day today, and that was that doesn't happen. We get like two weeks of that in Florida. So, no, that was fantastic, um, man. I, so I wanted to ask you some ooh, questions ooh, ooh. about this festival, sure, man. Because I mean, I know, I know this is the Brave Maker film podcast. Yeah. So people have heard this, yeah. Probably, uh, if you're talking about why. But I was thinking yesterday, as you were driving me two and a half, three hours in traffic to another screening, yeah. Like what? Uh, I just I felt like this connection with like this. You you like no one's like backing you to do this thing. No mm-hmm. one's like, let me give you all this money to make this festival thing mm-hmm. you know like this is a, this is something from deep inside you uh-huh. somewhere that's driving you to do this mm-hmm. much in the same way as like when i'm when i was making the movie like like i was obsessed about it yeah, you have to people be. are like why are you yeah. still doing this and i'm like i don't i don't know i just, I just have to have i have to. to tell the yeah. story i have to do this thing so what is it about the about film festivals in general i guess we'll stay there yeah. i mean i know you love films and you're a filmmaker and yeah. that's what you want to do but but what took you from uh, that I had to do a film festival specifically like this? Because you've made some very specific choices about this film festival mm-hmm. uh, to make it kind of stand out from different film festivals. Sure. Even like the way you're doing the Q&As and a lot, giving some more time for those discussions and, you know, bring taking <laughs> trying to get as many filmmakers here as you can yeah. and... Uh, giving uh, having specific events for the filmmakers over the weekend and having a whole day of even like before the film festival starts for filmmakers. So yeah. what what pushed you? What what is that thing inside of you that said I'm gonna make a film festival and it's about this? My, my life was so impacted doing film circuits and participating in film festivals, not only as a filmmaker but as an audience member. I really attribute Sundance Film Festival 2013 as being a life-changing moment for me. I remember, I might have shared this before on the podcast, but I just remember being in the iconic Egyptian theater, which is in Park City, Utah, and I saw a film called Upstream Color. And when the credits were rolling and the lights came up, I mean, I was, I felt weak. My whole body felt weak. Like I had just experienced a powerful story, an artistic story, something I couldn't quite flesh out that had a little bit of mystery, a little bit of love, a little bit of thriller and intensity and then I got to actually talk to the filmmaker and ask questions and the filmmaker didn't always have all the answers either which I loved too like well, what did you think what did you take out of it I love like that like this is that that conversation that was like after the exactly. after everything you just yeah. bumped into him yeah. and asking well, questions well you know they do a little cool. bit of a Q&A and then yeah, I went and, right. I went up and introduced myself cool. to him Shane Carruth whoa hold on you you introduce yourself to people <laughs> What are you talking about? Are you being about? sarcastic right now? Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, I do like to talk to people. You like to talk to people. <laughs> Hence this podcast in my car as we're driving <laughs> through traffic. <laughs> but there's something special. And I'll, maybe this goes back to my ex- experience in a faith community. I think there's synergy when people get together around a purpose. Mm-hmm. And the purpose of art and the purpose of creativity, but also the purpose of stories. I mean... Don't get me wrong. I think politics and I think, you know, justice um, services and community centers and churches and all these different organizations that are set up in the world to do good and make it better are super important. But stories and telling stories has a profound effect on our experience of being humans. 
And so that ultimately, like we can tell these oral stories. We, we do it every day uh, in cars, on phones, on social media, in person. We're always telling stories. We all know there's something that is elevated in a movie theater, that that story, those visuals, the music, everything combined does something to us, to our brains, to our heart, to our soul. And I've experienced that in incredible ways. I thought, I want to bring this back to my community because I love Redwood City. I'm there 21 years now, I'm not going anywhere, at least not yet. I hope Brave Maker can sustain us and keep going into the future. But there's something I wanted that our audiences, I wanted my friends and my family, because people, even doing Brave Maker Film Fest, people, my wife would say to me, people hear the word Film Fest and they feel like it's a little bit beyond them. They feel like it's just for the cinephile. Mm-hmm. So make it accessible to them tell them what they're going to experience so i wanted them to know oh it's casual you get to meet filmmakers you can talk if you want to you know those who don't you don't have to you just listen to other people ask the questions and have the filmmaker share their thoughts or her thoughts in in uh, the q a time so that was one big reason is i wanted that experience to touch lives in our city and around the ideas of justice and beauty and diversity and inclusion, like specifically curating films that would do something to us as a culture was really important as, as, as patrons of the arts. And then second, it has always been my dream to support filmmakers, to support artists, because I know what it feels like not to be supported. And so the, you know, you've been to eight film festivals. I can imagine at least one or two or eight of those film festivals have maybe fallen short in your expectations in some way, yeah. which I'm sure we're going to fall short uh, this weekend too. But I was trying to go, how could I make this special? How could I make these filmmakers who I know have all sacrificed time and money and energy and reputation and ego to make something? How could I make them feel seen and appreciated and heard? So that's why. I know what you're are you saying at? something important. What are you looking at? But this road. Just passed a sign that this road was sponsored by Pizza Orgasmica <laughs> do you or want, something like that. Do you want and to have I want some to pizza? Go, yes, <laughs> okay. I want some pizza. Sorry, pizza you, were such a deep, <laughs> you were such a deep moment there, but I, I could not let that go. Thanks for interrupting my You're welcome. deep thought with it was pizza really good. orgasm. I think we're going to have to check that out after the screening tonight. <laughs> But speaking of orgasms, I wanted to give filmmakers something <laughs> super special that would be better than sex. No, just kidding. Sorry, I'm going to have to edit this out for my kids. No, I'm not. My kids don't listen. Uh, so filmmakers are, are important. And, um, you know, like you said, it takes so many, so much time to make a film. Yeah. And so many of us don't get the privilege of making a film. And so let's honor that. Let's celebrate it. Brave Maker Film Fest. Is there Was there... Is this the only film festival in Redwood City? Like, has there been another one? You know, there was a Latino film festival, and that died, again, lack of support. Mm -hmm. Uh, CineQuest is a film festival that started in San Jose, and they have started a branch off into Redwood City in March. And uh, what I've heard is it has been a little bit low attended because CineQuest isn't a Redwood City organization. Mm -hmm. They're more of a San Jose, and they have all their parties and their workshops and stuff in San Jose. So filmmakers would have to go, like, 30 minutes to get back and forth to stuff. So that's why I'm like, well, I'm a Redwood City native. I have all these connections in Redwood City, and we're going to do it within walking distance mostly so people can go between the venues and the parties and the workshops, you know, like 100 feet away. Yeah, which is that in and of itself is fan- is amazing Have it, the way you were able to get locations all walking distance. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, there have been film festivals where they're <laughs> – I've been to where they're spread out all over the city and – I mean, not only as a filmmaker, trying to get there is yeah. hard enough. Never mind people trying to experience, you know, trying yep. to get people there to see your screenings or whatever. Yep. So 
Uh, that's really cool. So what, what's something that you thought you knew about running a film festival that you were wrong about? Oh, man. I mean, it's just there's so many details, like just to hiring an organization to help wrangle all of the files with the filmmakers. Uh, like I, I'm, I am, a, I would say I'm a fairly technical person. I'm on a computer and a phone all the time, but when it comes to certain requirements for a really high end projector, I don't want to deal with that. I want some, I want to pay somebody to deal with that. And so just learning like how to communicate to these organizations that work in this space and with the theater. Right. And gosh, man, so much money, like for insurance, and for renting things <laughs> yeah. and liability. And uh, I'm also super thankful for the people who have come to our team. Like we have a lawyer who's been helping us do all the volunteer agreements and making sure all of our I's are dotted and our T's are crossed so that we don't you know, have any lawsuits on our hand if someone trips and falls and uh, dealing with all of the um, like sponsors. Like sponsors have requirements for their legal teams. So if we put their name on a flyer or they put their name on a commercial, like yeah. all these things you don't think about. Like I just submitted my film to a film fest and gave them full permission to promote it any way uh, that I, they want. Cause I want people to come to it, but then you get a high profile sponsor who's like, okay, if we sponsor you, then we have to, you know, get every filmmaker to write off on this thing. Cause if they put our name on something and we don't, you know, align oh, wow. with their stuff, yep. it's just like, wow, a lot, a lot of red tape to deal with, but huge kudos to our city. Redwood city has really been great, you know, generous and gracious. Like, you know, we got some free food being given to us and uh, like the library giving us the, the space for free. And I just like, I mean, I, I love that. I think, I, I, I want to feel like the city I live in is small enough that I can walk down the street and go, oh, I know this person who makes my coffee. I know this person who takes my ticket. I know this person who, you know, makes the, the burritos at the, at the taqueria. That, that, that's a really special thing, and I'm trying to create that feel. So I think I didn't realize that uh, all those relationships would come into play to make this happen. Yeah, you've, you've been, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've been hanging out with you for 24 hours and I'm exhausted <laughs> from everything that you're doing. Oh, and I keep asking to help you and you won't let me help you. Well, I don't know. I mean, I wish I could just download everything in my brain sure. to no, you. No, right? I get it. Right? I understand. Yeah. <laughs> keep posting on Facebook that's like, and social media. I mean, that's like, uh, yeah, that's, that's like being on set when you're directing and yeah. producing. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. My wife produced with me, but she came in like as, as production. So yeah. all the answers were unfortunately yep. in my head yep and yeah and you huge kudos to jessica those. who's our fest producer i mean uh she is amazing and she's doing so much behind the scenes and we have these two volunteer coordinators i mean we have over 40 some volunteers and four or five hour shifts and i don't even know them all which is weird to me because yeah. i want to know everybody right. but I, I can't possibly and i'm trying to like i'm trying to put things off like i have people texting me what time should i show up and i'm like i can't even answer that right now <laughs> Because you should be going to someone else to answer yeah. that. So hopefully you'll figure out. Like, I need people to problem solve <laughs> right now because I can't problem solve for you. But, man, I, I, I had a hard time getting up this morning. I was feeling it. Ooh, I went to bed at 2 a.m. after, you know, we were gone. We were out to, like, 11 something. Yeah. But I had to do some filmmaker communication, which was my, like, my whole desire was that filmmakers would walk away and go, oh, that was slightly organized. That was more than I expected because I've been to film festivals where, like, does anybody even know I'm here? Yep. Does anyone even know the name of my film? <laughs> yep. And that was the one thing. I was like, okay, I told our team, filmmakers need to walk away going, they were seen, they were heard, they were celebrated. 
can't can't pay for flights, can't pay for all your food, but I can give you a, somehow a little bit of a special, significant experience that you feel like this was worth your time. Yeah, that's what well, we're trying to do. I mean, it hasn't started yet, but I feel I feel that already. So nice, well done. That's all you get. That's we're all done. I get. That's great. <laughs> that get works. Out. That works. <laughs> All right, that was a nice interview. Anything else you want to ask I'll, me? I don't know, it's man. It's like your podcast now. I know. I, sorry, I took over. Yeah, do it. Um, no. I th- what do you want? <laughs> what do you want to see happen this weekend? Like you flew all the way from Florida. I did. Why would you do that? Um, I. I mean, my some of my favorite things about being at the film festivals this year is that I get to see stuff that I would never uh-huh. really get to see. Yeah. I mean, most of the movies made, especially at film festivals that I've been to will never get distribution or are not going to be available uh, to see, or I just would never find them. You know, there's so much being made and so much uh, you just wouldn't ever do it. So, so that's really cool. I think it's inspired me as a filmmaker to um, seeing techniques and different ways Mm -hmm. people do things and write things to, to not compare myself to them, but be inspired by like challenge myself to do, something different or try something new. Um, and, and yeah, not only seeing the things, but just being with other filmmakers and having conversations with them. I mean, I'm not the greatest conversationalist, but it's like the talking shop thing of like, it's, it's basically like the, the, we've been, we've been through this similar experience and there's not, I mean, while there is so much things, so many things being made, uh, there's not a huge percentage of the popular world that has made a movie, uh-huh, you know? Uh-huh. And so it's a very, it's, it's a very specific experience, uh, that you can only relate to if you've done it before. So, uh, just talking through that with other people, uh, I, I just love asking questions about their experience and how, how they did things and where, you know, where they got the, either inspiration from or, or specific choices they made. Um, and what they're what they're working on now and all that. So I I find that really interesting and um, hopefully helps helps me get better in the future. Do you usually walk away feeling inspired from these type of experiences uh, from festivals? Yeah, um, yeah. So I I mean I I feel like there's always one thing. <laughs> there's always a there's always something at a film festival that I'm like, oh, I feel really good about my movie now. <laughs> Like whatever doubt I had yeah, before, yeah, yeah, I yeah. feel really I good that. about it now. Sure, and sure. then there's always something that I'm like, oh, what am I even I doing? Suck. Why am what? I even, why do I think I can do this? Yeah. Um, which I think is like, that's just like a microchasm yeah. of the world. That's, that's right. the experience, you know, that's like right. it's that back and forth sort of thing. So um, trying to not internalize either of those things uh, is is very helpful. Just like, you know. Reading reviews about stuff that you've done, which I've never really had to do that before. All of my shorts that I've done or any projects I did with my company, like it's all, it's very small feedback that we get. I just put it out and people see it or, you know, whatever. They buy it or they don't. But um, actually, like, intentionally trying to get writers to review the film, uh, that's been been, uh, an interesting situation. Mm. To where, uh, you know, I'm really eager to really uh, validate the ones that like it and then uh, try to not get completely depressed yeah. <laughs> when when people slam it. So, yeah, um, I mean, but stuff like when we were just listening to a podcast on the, in the traffic yesterday about, 
hearing uh, Ron Howard and all of his experiences and on this podcast talking about uh, they asked, you know, the guy asked him about some of his what would be considered failures or mm-hmm. weren't box office successes and um, hearing someone that successful talk about that they that they try and they make bold choices yep. and they try to push themselves and sometimes it doesn't work. Um, yep. It's just very encouraging, I think. I mean, that's a great pro tip is to recognize, like, if you want to have a, a full career, like the breadth of your career as a creator, you're going to have, like, not all of them are going to, A, make money, B, be successful, or C, will you actually even like them all at the end of that yeah. creative time? And recognizing, like, which ones do you hold up? I think you have to pick and choose for yourself, right? You have to look at that and go, all right, you know, I had some winners, I had some losers, but I did my best on all of them, hopefully, or I fought for all of them because sometimes you don't have the creative control, you know, uh, after all is said and done when it comes to that, those projects. Well, even, yeah, and even, I mean, film is such a collaborative thing, even mm-hmm. when it's such, like, you know, at the end of the day is is probably as close to a, like, a what would be considered a film by Kevin O'Brien as possible, even though I don't use a film by, I yeah. I you know I I'm not a fan of that. I'm a fan of written and directed by yeah. um because because it's so collaborative because so many people are involved and would it would not happen without so many people. I'm um, starting to do that now too. I used yeah. to do that Did but you now used I'm to like, do that? I'm like I get that. I get why it shouldn't be a film by Tony Gopstone because it's all of us doing yeah. it. I wrote it, I directed it, but everyone else participated just as much, so. Yeah, and well, I mean not as much. <laughs> but but, on the day, maybe, yeah, but not before and after. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it was. I think it was actually um, Craig Mazin from the mm-hmm. Script, Script Notes podcast that yeah. went on a rant about that one time, and I heard it a long time ago, and well, I completely, amen, brother. completely connected with it. Amen. Um, that yeah, you write and you you give yourself credit for those things, but to I feel like to claim the thing, I to claim the whole thing is yeah. a film by this person feels. Yeah, uh, a little pretentious, a huh? Little, a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, but it's saying, talking about it being so collaborative that there are things that happen in the movie that you don't have control over. Like, you know, it's it's a, um, even though I wrote and directed and produced it and fundraised for it and I edited it and so I had <laughs> all the choices, like every, every choice that's in there I can probably take credit for, but I didn't act in it. I didn't yeah. make any of those choices. The actors that I had were... Uh, amazing and like I remember so many times on set like being so like crazy like I had this idea for how this scene was going to go out but but these actors are so like I think actors are magical the way they can take words and make them real and make them truth uh, is amazing to me so yeah so all of that to say um, it's so collaborative uh, and I don't even actually I don't remember where I was going with that (laughs) (laughs) We went in like the six film, different tangents there. Yeah. So you're, you're not no, taking even before credit. that, I was, I was saying something even before. <laughs> Whatever. I don't even remember, too. We're, we're on Highway 101 cruising. It's too beautiful. Yeah, there's no more traffic. Last question well, I have, though, yeah, all right. is will you see, how many films have you seen in the day? Will you try to see as many as you can? Do you have a limit? My limit has been four. I can't, I can't do more than four films in a day. And ideally, it's like two or three. Like, when I go to a film fest, there's, yeah. like, one or two days that I can do four in a row. What is it for you? Yeah, um, I, I don't think I've put a number on it. I know at Dances with Films, which is where we premiered, I mean, that was, I was there for all ten days of the festival. 
Uh, you were? Which, yeah. Oh, my gosh, dude. Yeah, I was really excited. Wow. <laughs> uh, so I uh, stayed, half of the time I stayed with my friend in L.A., and then uh, the couple days before our screening, uh, everyone else kind of came, a bunch of my wife and um, some of the actors came out. We got an Airbnb together and hung out. So, uh, yeah, so I watched a ton that way, and, and that was, um, I, pro- I spent too much time watching stuff instead of talking to hanging people. Out, yeah. yeah, just hanging out. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't have a number, um, but I usually try to not go back to back. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but you never, I mean, you never know. Is there a film or two you're looking forward to seeing uh, this collisions weekend? Collisions, for sure. Collisions, yeah. Um, it's great. I mean, just the immigration thing is really... Uh, I'm really curious about that right now anyway. So um, I'm really, that seems like a really interesting angle on it and mm-hmm. way into the story. Uh, cool. So, yeah. And then uh, the on the corner of Ego and Desire, I'm really, that's it, right? That's the name of yeah, it? So yeah, you're gonna so have, you're going to have to do back-to-back. Five, are those back-to-back? 5 p.m. Thanks, and 7.45 p.m. <laughs> uh, yeah. Saturday, uh, June 1st, 5 p.m. I don't know, we'll corner see. of Ego yeah. and Desire, 7.45 p.m. Collisions. You'll have like a 45-minute window between those two, so you can all grab right. something to eat or something. Sounds good. All right. That's it. That's all we got. I'm going to edit this in the next hour or two. We're uh, 10 minutes away from Novato for a screening, so you're not going to hear this, but if you get the sound wave vibe and you're in Novato, you want to come out and watch this film, come. <laughs> uh, anyways, BraveMaker.com, and uh, thanks for listening. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, man. Thank you. All right. Done. Dunsky. BraveMaker is a 501c3 non-profit organization. Our work is funded by generous patrons like you. Support the podcast with a tax-deductible donation at bravemaker.com. Thanks for listening to the BraveMaker podcast. Subscribe, give us a rating, and share with a friend.